We've got a battle at the top of the table this week, a battle between two teams in terrible form that should be much better, and so much more to get to, including a little bit of a Champions League teaser. This is Betting the High Line, your go-to source for all your picks, parlays, and plays around the world of the beautiful game, powered by the Book It Sports Network. Download the Book It app today. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson and Taylor Oh, man. Before we get started on all the plays that we have for this week, we have to address the absolute bloodbath that occurred last weekend. Tom, uh, it's great to see your face. It's great to be with you. And your peppy intro has me feeling a little bit better. But uh, man, it has been a few days of mourning after just I'll say this. One of my worst betting weekends of any kind in my life. And I'm, that's not an exaggeration. Now that certainly means it's the worst in the, in the show's history. I, I, I physically cannot remember a weekend that has gone worse for me, not just in terms of what I actually played, but I went back through my notes we, we, before the show today, we went back through our notes and I looked at all of my analysis from last week's games, everything that I had earmarked, even the things that I said, I kind of like this, but not really thinking about playing it myself. And Oh, man, just absolutely terrible the whole way through. Let's start talking about our best bets from last week. 0-3. Same here. We went 0-6. 0-6? We went 0-6 combined. Man. I mean, it's impressive. This is the thing. Like I said to, uh, to you on Twitter, like, look, if we're doing bad enough, you can just fade everything. But If man. you had faded everything, you would be very rich right now. I- I'm looking back at mine. I had Everton uh, minus the goal at plus 105. That, of course, is an L. They lose that game outright to Newcastle. I had Man U over Arsenal. Man U, of course, does not win that game. And my final best bet was Leicester, who got beaten by the Leeds team that is currently losing 2-0 to to, to Everton as we speak while recording this show. Yeah, things started out horribly with that Everton game, with your boys to start out the weekend. I also had... It's never a good sign when we both have one of the same best bets. And I also had Everton minus a goal. Uh, They lose that game outright to just god-awful Newcastle. Of course. Of course we lose money on that game. And then, you know, Fulham, this is, is, I would say, an example of a bet that I would do 100 times over again. And it just didn't hit. Fulham money line plus 128 against West Brom. I still think Fulham's a better team. That's a six-pointer down at the bottom. Fulham had the lead early. One nil. They blow it. They're down 2-1. They come back to get a 2-2 draw out of it. Uh, ultimately, that's just two bad teams going at it and a little bit of unpredictability when that happens. Still think Fulham's a better team, plus price. I would do that again, but it didn't hit. The last one was just an atrocious play from me, taking the over two and a half in Leipzig, Leverkusen. Leipzig, uh, really good defensively. And I just kind of felt like, eh, these big German clashes tend to go over. It ended up finishing 1-0, not even close for me there. So, Yeah, just terrible on the best bets, 0-3. And I don't have to say this because we're only keeping track of the best bets. The overall bets that I mentioned that I offered on this show, Tom, 2-9 and last week for me. Just god-awful. Here's the thing. I can top that because I'm going back right now. Literally, all of my notes for everything that I said that week. Crystal Palace uh, versus Wolves said maybe look at the draw. Not even a confident play, but that's an L. I, of course, also (laughs) liked Fulham. That's an L. Man U, L, kind of like Southampton versus Aston Villa, L, Burnley plus one and a half. We both like this game. We know that that one was the most BS of anything we had to deal with. Chelsea was playing for the one goal win. It was the right play, and they backed their way into a 2-0 result. 
West Ham plus half a goal versus Liverpool. L Leicester City. L. My only my only play that I actually had anything in my notes where I said, "Hey, I like this." Was <laughs> Frankfurt over Hertha Berlin, and that was my only W. So I exactly one game. It was that impressive of a terrible week. But hey, variance always strikes. Uh, overall on best bets now, I'm six and six, still still up one point two seven units. Let's get into this week. The only thing we can do is rebound, right? Yeah, that's all we can do. By the way, just really quick, I'm uh, five and seven now on best bets overall since we restarted it for the new year, minus 1.33 units, which is something you can live with. You can bounce right back with that in a week. Um, just a quick plug also for my worst play of the week, in case anyone backed this, just a hilariously bad move. PSG minus two and a half goals against Lorient and Liga. Uh, you can guess what happened next. They lose that game outright to Luria. So just fantastic stuff. Of we can move on, but I got to keep patting myself on the back for how bad that was. Oh, that that is fantastic. PSG actually loses to the 19th of 20 <laughs> on the table. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. I would have been giving you a little bit for that if I had added that to my extra oh, dumb yeah. parlay that I did that I don't give out on the show because I every so often I put $10 down on like a five or six leg lottery ticket just to see what happens. They don't hit spoiler alert. Those never hit. Do not ever bet those. Now let's move on into this week, starting off with what should be a big clash tomorrow. But the reality is, is between two mid table teams at this point, as we have Spurs going up against Chelsea and both teams coming into this in a really weird sense of form right now. They have not been looking. Neither side has looked very great. Tuchel has, of course, taken the helm over uh, in, in with your Blues. And I don't know, is, is Mourinho ball finally setting in with this Spurs team? It's a battle of seven versus eight, which is not where you expected these teams to be at the beginning of the season. Obviously, still plenty of time for them to claw their way up the table. But right now, they both sit seven points out of a Champions League spot. And that is not where they want to be. That is not good news, Geese, at all. What are you thinking in this game here, Taylor? As we have Tottenham at home, plus 255. Chelsea, a plus 110 road favorite. And the draw, plus 245. I, I, I'm sensing a draw here, but I really can't make heads or tails of this, of this battle. Yeah, massive London rivalry game this. Uh, if there was any honeymoon period for Jose Mourinho, it has expired this week. Terrible loss to Brighton at the weekend that comes after the loss to Liverpool last week in a game where Harry Kane went down with injury. That's now the storyline going forward is how does Jose Mourinho adapt a word that he's not too comfortable with in his vocabulary to the post Harry Kane reality that they have. And it's terrible news for Tottenham to lose a guy like Kane, not just because of how good he is, but because of how they've been playing so reliant on both Sun Hyung Min and Harry Kane. And now it's just going to have to be the sunny show. A few stats, a really interesting piece in the athletic about kind of what's happening with Mourinho ball here, just from a numbers perspective coming out this week. And I'll just plug a few of these numbers really quick. Um, when you go back to the Pochettino years for Spurs, they had 64% field tilt in uh, the season, I believe four years ago with Mauricio Pochettino. That means that 64% of the touches or passes in the final third, they had. So they were a very attack-heavy team. Under Mourinho this year, 43%. That's 15th best in the EPL. So that's classic Jose Mourinho. That's what you would expect. Very defensive. Not doing a whole lot beyond counterattacking. Uh, 
Um, and not doing a whole lot of pressing either. An interesting stat, PPDA, PPDA passes per defensive action, which is basically a measure of how a team is doing in terms of the pressing. And uh, Mourinho ball just doing very, very little on that. That's gone way down from the Pochettino era as well. 50% of the expected goals and expected assists from this team come from Son and Harry Kane. So you've now lost a quarter of that in Harry Kane's injury. That is just devastating for Tottenham. And what we've seen so far with Kane out in the second half in that Liverpool game and then over the weekend has been really, really bad. So I fully expect a, I don't know about an implosion, but certainly some real struggles for Tottenham here coming up in the Prem. They get a Chelsea team that, of course, is completely in transition. New manager in Thomas Tuchel. Kind of a rocky start for him. He did get the win against Burnley. Uh, of course, a disappointing draw against Wolves last midweek. Both of those games, Chelsea had a ton of the ball, but realistically didn't do as much with it as they would have liked. All of this is pointing, Tom, to what we've seen in a lot of these big six clashes this year, which is a cagey, low-scoring game. So for that reason, I like the under two and a half at minus 124. I will say this reverse fixture earlier in the year went nil-nil, you know, I don't have a stat for this, but I would imagine the amount of times that both the home and away fixtures in a year both go nil-nil. I'd imagine that's extremely rare. Uh, so I don't know about a nil-nil exacta. This could be more like a 1-1 situation. That would be fine for the under. That's my favorite play in this is the under 2.5 at minus 124. I think that juice is fine to lay on the more likely total play. I also, though, if you're going to take a side in this, the value is absolutely there on the draw, plus 245, especially pairing that with an under. I don't know if you want to tie them together in a parlay or not. I'm going to probably keep them separate. But I like draw plus 245. Hard to get a read on who wins this game. I think 1-1, if you're thinking about an exacta, might be where I'd lean in this. But, uh, yeah, under two and a half goals, draw plus 245. My two plays in this. I like both of those plays as well. I, I don't see where any of the goals are going to come from in this. I, I just don't know if... I mean, the, the draw has the draw has a lot of value, and yes, it can be a sucker bet sometimes, but as Bruce Marshall said on the show a couple weeks ago, you have the ability to bet the draw, and that is something that you should use to your advantage when you can. I think this is one of those times where it makes a lot of sense. If anything, if I'm picking a side in this one, I think I'm leaning towards Chelsea. I don't know where the goals are going to come for this. Uh, I don't know where the goals are going to come for this Spurs team. But overall... That game tomorrow at noon, and yeah, I, I have to agree with you. I think the under two and a half is the way to go. Next up on the list, Aston Villa versus Arsenal, and now you have a team that has been in uh, decent form versus a team that is now finally starting to show up a little bit in Arsenal. Uh, they've got three wins in their last five, whereas Villa has two wins and a draw in their last five. But one of those is a very bad loss to Burnley, three to two for Villa. They and Weirdly enough, they only lose 2-0 to Manchester City and a 4-1 defeat to Liverpool. So those three losses, that's two respectable losses. What, what are you making of this one? I personally, again, not quite sure here. Villa plus 143, Arsenal plus 175, and the draw plus 270. Kind of see this as a coin flip game. Arsenal and still technically, if you kind of extend the sample size out in some of the best form in the league, they still kind of fell back into an Arsenal trap in midweek, though, losing to Wolves after a David Luiz red card, which, you know, David Luiz kind of David Luiz insert sideshow Bob joke here. But honestly, that, that was soft red. Kind of that, a soft no, red. that was that was way more than a soft red. That was that was yeah. a terrible call that he 
I barely could tell if he had actually touched him or not. That that was how bad it was. It was clearly unintentional. It, I don't think it was even a foul. Like they just hit into each other. His knee hit the hit, hit the foot of the of the striker. That that should not have been a red card. But more importantly, Burn Leno gets a red card, which means he's out as well. And I think that is what for me tips this game in Aston Villa's favor. You're getting the plus one forty three, and I think that's where I'm going to go in this one. I think that's why the prices are where they are. Um, I don't know. This is, I, I, I'm a complete stay away on this. I, you know, I'd love to offer a play. I probably would have in a vacuum taken Arsenal before everything that happened in that Wolves game. So I'm happy we're recording after that uh, because I kind of like the Arsenal price and the form and all that stuff. And, you know, the young kids are, are really playing well for Arsenal at the moment. Lacazette is in incredible form. But look, I, I liked my Villa play against Southampton over the weekend, worked out well, still, I'll, you know, I'll continue to endorse any and all things Jack Grealish, but I think this one could go either way, full stay away for me. Like I said, I, I think I'm playing it based on who, based on who Arsenal isn't going to have, especially with their goalkeeping issues. Um, I'm going, I'm going plus 143, but it's not going to be one of my best bets. Newcastle United versus Southampton, and it's a team that suddenly found themselves not doing terribly. At least they were able to beat Everton 2-0 over the weekend in Newcastle going up against a Southampton team that is now somehow in two straight seasons managed to have a 9-0 loss. Newcastle plus 190, Southampton plus 155, draw plus 220. And I, I mean, Southampton has to bounce back in this game off of that drubbing, right? Well, I'll just say this as if the two and nine and zero and three best bets weekend wasn't bad enough for me over the weekend uh, to get Southampton. Now I didn't touch this game, so it didn't actually matter, but to see Southampton lose in this way, nine nil again, really hurt me as a Southampton futures, man. You know, I have multiple Southampton futures tickets and uh, you don't love to see that. I will say this though, in Saints defense, and they won't be able to escape this. They're going to be the Atlanta Falcons of the nine nil scoreline. Now the memes are going to be out there no matter what they do, they can make the champions league and people will still be joking about nine nil now, unfortunately. Um, but that's what you get if you lose by nine goals. I mean, it's absolutely outrageous. I, I will say the injury bug has completely slammed this team. I mean, the most yeah. important players for them have been out. Yannick Vestergaard was on pace to probably be the best center back other than maybe Ruben Diaz in the league this season. He's been out for over a month now. They've missed their young right back, Kyle Walker-Peters. Danny Ings has been playing hurt. Theo Walcott missed this game as well. Uh, is kind of I'm not entirely sure what his status is. I think he'll be missing the next game too. Um, Vestergaard's supposed to be back soon in a couple of weeks. That's good. I don't think he'll be back for this game. And also Bednarek will be missing this game as well after a red card in that 9-0 loss that kind of set up the entire implosion. So they're missing both of their starting center backs who have been a huge part of everything that Southampton did successfully in the first half of the season. Having said all of that, I am still a, a fade Newcastle man. I just can't do it here. Southampton has too many injuries. You throw the red card in there. I like them in theory to rebound from a 9-0 game. Because that's what they did last year, by the way. You know, they lost 9-0 to Leicester last season, and they rebounded pretty well. But there's just too many injuries here for me to touch this game. So, unfortunately, another no-touch. I feel like we've got a lot of no-touches this weekend. It's a really weird slate across the Premier League, and I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't I, – I, I want to see, see if Newcastle is actually rounding into a slightly better form or if Everton was just Everton in the instant that we believed in them, they let us down. Because that's normally what happens when Everton loses a game like that. 
I, I, I want to wait and see how each of these sides do. I don't want any piece of that game. Burnley versus Brighton. Burnley plus 235 at home. Brighton, $1.28 as a road favorite, and the draw plus 220. What are we liking here? 10 of Burnley's last 12 games have had two goals or less on the total. Brighton, four games in a row with two total goals or less. I love the under. Under two and a quarter, I think, is where you're going to be able to find a little bit of value. You're still laying juice, so, I mean, it's not a great value play anyway. It's minus 134. But to me, this feels like a very cagey, low-scoring game. Bryden, they let up more goals than their analytics say they should, but they still don't let in a ton. And they're the sixth best expected goals against average in the league. Uh, and we know what Burnley does. So two and a quarter, kind of maybe an awkward number if you're not used to betting those Asian quarter ball numbers, but you're getting that protection on the two flat number uh, as, as well as the two and a half on the other side of that bet. So give me under two and a quarter at minus 134, a bet I actually like a lot. Fulham taking on West Ham. Fulham plus 225 at home. The draw plus 265 in West Ham. Another road favorite. A lot of road favorites this weekend. West Ham, $1.14. I like West Ham to bounce back. It's not like they played poorly against Liverpool in over the weekend. I, this team still has won six of their last seven now. And this Fulham team has been playing better. But I think that this West Ham team is just actually pretty good. They're in that kind of second tier of teams for me where like the Everton's and the Leicester's reside. And I think that they're going to handle business. I think so too. Showing some slight signs of maybe some frailties at the back. Obana hasn't been the same anchor that he's been all season the last couple of games. But like you say, the Liverpool game, I'm happy to kind of throw out um, as far as just, just an outlier about playing Liverpool when Mo Salah is playing like that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and this is just better team at a plus price. You know, you're getting, I think West Ham is, is a considerably better team than Fulham. This feels like it should be minus 130 or minus 150 if West Ham was a bigger club name. You know, if this is Chelsea in the same form as West Ham, this is a very different price. So give me West Ham plus 114. Moving on now, Man U taking on Everton. Man U minus 205, Everton plus 575, and the draw plus 340. You know, we watched Everton lose to Newcastle last weekend. They're beating Leeds 2-0 right now as we record this. A am I crazy if I just say that off the sheer random throw a half unit on it and see what happens, take Everton at plus 575? Because I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It really definitely isn't going to happen. But Everton is also just always the weirdest team where they'll go out and they'll have a week where they lose to Newcastle and beat Man U. Yeah, well, I, that so being I'm said, you. it is not a wise bet. Right. Pre prefacing with that, this is this is very much a half unit. See what happens. Play. Well, I'm surprised you want to jinx your your team with that. Although I am with you on on an Everton move, not a outright money line, but I like Everton plus a goal and a quarter. That's minus one thirty two. I think you're getting a lot of protections there. You're getting that plus one protection, especially, uh, and you're getting a little bit more value than you would at just uh, at, at you know any of those other numbers. I also like over two point seven five at minus one twenty four. So I'm laying a little bit of juice on both of those plays, but just kind of seeing how especially how Manchester United has played lately. If the Everton move completely goes awry, it feels like you're at least going to be safe on that over. So I, I'd keep these separate. I wouldn't tie them together in any kind of teaser or parlay, but 
I, I do feel like the over is kind of a protection if things go south on the Everton move. Now, having said that, this Everton team still has really fun players. There is that odd game, like you say, against Manchester United. I mean, the stats aren't great for them to outright win. They only have one win in their last 13 in all comps against United. But that one win was only a couple of years ago, and it was a 4-0 drubbing. Just a completely beautiful performance for Everton. I went back and watched some of the highlights. First of all, just great to see fans filling in Goodison Park. We got to get those full houses back at some point, man. Miss those fans and games. And uh, also just beautiful goals from Everton in that game. I don't think they're beating Manchester United 4-0 here. I still expect a mini Man U slide at some point in the second half of the season. I'm going to keep saying that until I sound stupid. Maybe I already do. But it's, it feels like following up a 9-0 win with another blowout win isn't going to happen. Um, so give me Everton plus one and a quarter, and you get that over at a reasonable number as protection if somehow the Everton one slides apart. Okay. Taking off my, t- taking off my hey, you never know what could happen with Everton hat for a second here. I really like the oh, – I, I, don't, I don't honestly like the plus a goal and a quarter. I think that if Everton loses this game, which I also think they will do, I don't think they lose by a goal. I think they lose by at least two. Uh, I think that this game, again, it's really hard to guess Everton games there. And it's not just because this is my team. I'm wearing an Everton kit right now. This team is just that weird where all of this stuff happens. Like last week, losing to Newcastle, you they're, they're just always notoriously hard to predict. But I really do see this game finishing at something in the neighborhood of like 3-1, which is why I like over three or over three and a half goals at over three at plus 108, over three and a half at plus 170. Uh, If you don't want the push protection, I recommend going with that three and a half because both of these teams can put up can put up some goals and Everton's defense can be leaky at times, but their offense can also be very potent. And I think that all of that really does combine with the way that this Manchester United team is playing and how they have not had problems putting up goals recently. I think that all of that spells us a decently high scoring game. And I could see this going over that three and a half number. That's going to be my biggest play there, especially because it means that I don't have to figure out how much uh, Man U is going to win this game by, which can be a fool's errand when it comes to Everton. Fair enough. I, you're going a little bit more boomer bust. I'm going a little bit more conservative. We'll see which one. You know, we're, we, we have similar logic on the overplay. I will say this. So Everton, FA Cup midweek, they are playing Spurs. So I don't know what kind of lineup they're going to put out there for next midweek. And then Fulham next weekend in the Prem. So it kind of feels like this is a game they're really going to get up for. You know, if, if it's FA Cup. I know it's Tottenham. So maybe they get up for that FA Cup game also. Um and maybe this argument is complete BS, but that was kind of one of the things I was circling to. It's a decent point that maybe they get blown out, but I'm going to let myself see what happens on the, on the quarter ball line there. That's the thing. I think that they're going to be looking to, re- I mean, they, they already didn't play Hamas in this game versus Leeds. I think that they're already looking to rest some people so that they can play their best lineup in both this man, U game and the coming Spurs FA cup game because the FA cup game is that the, the FA cup is an actual chance for them to win silverware this year. And I think that they're going to be very interested in doing that. Carlo's going to want to win something to at least show the progress that this team has definitely been making. But I, I think that's the direction they're going to want to go in. And then you can rest people against Fulham over the next, over the next weekend. So obviously the caveat with this play is wait and see what the lineups are before, uh, b- before making your picks here. I think that's always a valuable thing to do. It's unfortunate that of course, since we are, 
we're, we're obviously pre-recording, so we don't have that luxury. If we were doing a live show four days a week, right in the morning, we'd be able to tell you as the lineups came out. But those are my thoughts on Man U versus Everton. And let's move on. Tottenham minus 278 versus West Brom, who are eight to one dogs on the road here in the draw plus 390. I, I don't know, though. Can you trust Tottenham playing any kind of spread here without Harry Kane? Or do you just stay away from this game because the number is too prohibitive for you to actually bother trying to bet Tottenham to win it outright because that's just almost three to $3 worth of juice? Yeah, it's that. Uh, there's just no value. There's no good price in this. If anything, and I'm not endorsing this, this is not, I want to be clear, this is not something I'm going to bet. If anything, I think about something West Brom, honestly. I, I, this, what's happening with Spurs right now is frightening from a Tottenham perspective, and I'm going to need to see something. I'm going to need to see like a totally new identity that Mourinho has crafted, however long Kane is out. I mean, he's going to have to actually like change the, the philosophy of the entire team, which is not something we've ever seen Mourinho do mid-season. He usually, like, if things are going south for Mourinho, he's like, all right, this is the end of my tenure here. I'm going to go find a new job. Yeah, and that's kind of what He's just going to jump like. ship. Exactly. It feels yeah. more like that than, oh, Jose now is going to be like, oh, I'm going to figure something out. We're going to go, uh, we're going to, you know, bring in back. It sounds like he talked with Deli Ali, so maybe that, that that's going to become a thing again, and he's going to bring Deli back in. But he and Deli have not gotten on well since his arrival. Um, this just feels like a classic Mourinho implosion on the season. So I'm not going to touch it. I have no issue if you're saying, why in the world would I bet West Brom? That's understandable. West Brom's terrible, but that's where the value is. So if you want anything, I'd go there. Wolves versus Leicester City. Wolves plus 225. Leicester City, another road favorite, plus $1.23. And the draw, plus 240. And give give me Leicester City all day here. They have been really good on the road. Yes, they had that loss to Leeds over the weekend, but... I still trust this team, especially against Wolves. They're still in a decent position to try and carve out a Champions League spot, and that's that's one I'm going to go with on there. We're fully aligned. Foxes plus 123. I love those plus price Leicester values. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Wolves creeping back into a little bit of form now that they're getting some of their guys back, but I don't think we'll ever see the same Wolves team that we saw make a deep Europa league run last year and finish high up in the prem table. I don't think, I think that team's gone to be honest. So uh, Leicester's just a better team. Give me on plus plus one twenty three. It really is a shame. Like that Wolves team was fun to watch and I enjoyed them a lot, but Leicester, by the way, just a quick little nugget for you here in their last five away, away games, they have four wins and a one, one draw with Everton. That's, uh, I mean, I'll take that any day. Yeah, their, their form's been their form's been great. Uh, I'm going with that plus one twenty three all day. Liverpool versus Man City now, by far biggest game of the weekend. This is the one everybody's going to be tuning into. It is the prime time game on Sunday at eight thirty in the morning. Liverpool plus two ten. Man City dollar twenty eight. The draw plus two fifty. Can City get the win at Anfield? If we want any kind of a real title race, and I know people want to think that Manchester United is a real title contender, and that's fine. If, if you want to be on that camp, go for it. If you want a real title race, you need Liverpool to win this game. And I don't think that's going to happen. One of these teams is considerably better than the other. That's Manchester City. You're getting them at a plus price at plus 128 as well. Home and away doesn't matter. This is a full land field with fans maybe a different story. Obviously not the case during the pandemic. Pools attack playing well again. Really quick note on Mohamed Salah. 15 goals in 20 games this year. It seems like no one's talking about Mo because we've kind of seen this from him before. But 
amid all of the kind of negativity around Liverpool earlier in the year, Mo Salah continues to be a superstar. This dude is on track to win the golden boot again. Which, which is even more amazing when you consider the entire scoring slump that that entire team has had. He was absolute, absolutely nuts over the, over the first 15 or so games of the season. And then Liverpool slides into that slump. And the fact that he's still on track to win the golden boot is just absolute insanity. Yeah, truly nuts. Now, having said all that, I'll get the positives for Liverpool out of the way. City is the best team in the league. They're the best team in England. They're one of the best in the world. No striker, no problem for Man City. They're getting the goals now. Nine wins in a row in the Premier League for Manchester City. Quietly, almost. I mean, they're just every single game going out there and getting the job done. Fewest goals allowed by far. This is on track to be one of the best defenses we've ever seen in the history of the English Premier League. Best expected goals allowed average as well. They're giving up close to just one goal every two games, Tom. So it's really hard to score in them right now. Liverpool seems like they've kind of gotten their attack back in form. This could be a game to really throw them off their confidence once again. I'm also thinking about an underplay, having said all of that. I, don't I mean, know. I'm not just thinking about one. I have one. So what's the number, though? I, I, I'm not sure I've found the number uh, that I like yet. I'm going under two and a half at plus 120. Okay. It's a low number, but I, yeah, I mean, that's probably about where I would go because that's where you're getting some value. I mean, this Liverpool team, they're kind of figuring out that offense, but you're still going up against the best defense in the league. And I don't, and these, these top of the table matches are always super cagey. Give me, give me under two and a half goals with that kind of plus money all day here. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, there's a good chance this game ends in a zero zero draw. So uh, if I have the chance for that under two and a half, I'm, I'm going to take it. Is there any worry at all that city would screw like that city would screw that up on a, on just blowing out Liverpool. Is that any concern? Slightly. Um, my biggest issue is that Allison Becker out in the midweek with an illness, keep an eye on that because it could be a very big deal if he doesn't play. Watch the lineups before you make these plays on Sunday for this game. That's my biggest piece of advice there. If Becker plays, I feel a lot more confident in that under. If he doesn't, then all of a sudden um, I'm not feeling quite as good about uh, I'm not feeling quite as good about that Liverpool defense's ability to hold up. Now that being said, I also think you should take Man City before the lineups come out because if he is out that might shift that number a little bit. I mean, I hope it's not the illness. If it was the yeah. illness, there would be problems about playing the game. So something tells yeah. me by the fact that they said he was out with illness means that that's not the case. Two more games to get through here real quick. Sheffield United versus Chelsea. Sheffield plus 575, Chelsea minus 190. Kind of thinking about getting back into the Chelsea minus one zone, <laughs> laying that minus 110. I don't know. <laughs> I have such mixed feelings on Chelsea. Just the, the Blades won again this week. I know. Well, that's the part of this that, that scares me from kind of touching anything. Um, I'd like to see what we see from Chelsea on, on in that Thursday Spurs game. Keep in mind, during the Lampard era, he was always super conservative, almost like the manager he played under before Jose Mourinho in those big games. A lot of draws, including the nil-nil draw I mentioned against Tottenham. I'm fascinated to see if Tuchel plays the same way or if he's a little bit more expansive. I think if he's more expansive, it's probably bad news for Sheffield United if that's how he plays against them in this game. That's probably by the book, the play to do right now is Chelsea minus a goal, get some push protection, hope that something like what we saw against Burnley happens and they get that second goal later in the game. But look, I'm not putting this in best bets. I, it's so far out with Chelsea already having a game between it. 
that yeah. I don't want to glue myself to anything right now, but that's where I would lean. Uh, one last game, super quick thoughts before we bring in Dylan Esma here to talk about the Champions League coming up. Leeds United versus Crystal Palace. Leeds minus 130, Crystal Palace plus 350, and plus 285 on the draw. Anything? I'd go Leeds minus 130 as of now, mainly just because I like watching Leeds more and Palace is kind of yeah. nah. So give me Leeds minus 130. Again, that could change as we get closer. Yeah, very much speculation play this far out right now. Uh, don't take that as gospel. But right now, it is time to bring in our man, Dylan Esma, great friend of the show, been on multiple times before, definitely holds the record as our most recurring guest. Dylan, how are you doing today? Let's talk some Champions League. Hey, guys, how's it going? You ready to talk some Champions League? Absolutely, my friend. Welcome on back to the show. What are you looking at here? We are obviously just under two weeks out what are some of, some of your favorite matchups? And let's dive into the futures market a little bit, as abysmal as it is right now. Yeah, you know, I think I think my favorite thing to bet is is just to the two advance market and some of the more pick them pick them related matchups rather than. I mean, I'm going to bet the two legs too, but but th- those are the things that I kind of like to talk about topically. So. Um, you know, the, the one that interests me the most is Chelsea versus Atleti, um, which we talked about last time. I probably won't bet it because Tuchel's so new and we don't really know what they're going to look like. Um, you know, he's got some work to do, but like a minus 118 at DraftKings on Chelsea. It's a fascinating matchup because, you know, I think – I think we could see a world where Chelsea figures some things out, but I, I, I do think it's, it's still too early. So um, I think the total is really, really low and I get it, but the, the first leg, I think it's under two and a quarter minus one thirty. Wow. Which is like insane. <laughs> so if anything, like, I'm not going to bet the under there. So, you know, I, I would almost, I would almost make an overcase just from a value perspective. You're going to get over two and a half at like plus one twenty, one twenty five maybe. Um, so I, I think that's a little much, and it, it, it makes logical sense. The one question I had for you guys, because you were much more bullish on Dortmund, is the Dortmund Sevilla matchup because they still haven't brought in a new manager and they're in crisis mode, frankly. And so that one, I mean, I know Sevilla aren't sexy, but I mean, plus 115 over two legs. I don't hate that as a value play. I don't. Um, So I know I said that last time and you guys fought me on it and said, wait for the new manager. Still waiting. So what do you guys think about that one? Very different story now for me. Uh, I was hoping that this team would be bringing in a guy like Jesse March very soon. And they so far have not done any of that. They have not been looking great in the Bundesliga. A lot has changed since we got out of the group stage and I'm no longer very high on this team. I'm going Switzerland. I, I, I'm, this has become a complete no touch for me. I don't want to bet on Sevilla, but I do like, I kind of mentioned this with like, Thinking about Man City, for example, in the futures market, teams that are strong and consistent defensively at this stage of the competition, this sounds like stating the obvious, and it is, 
tend to do pretty well. And so Sevilla, obviously much better defensively than Dortmund. I think Dortmund is just such a kind of boom or bust play. And you got to kind of try to find where you're getting the correct value and all that. Um, so in a vacuum, I, I would maybe even lean something Sevilla and you're obviously getting some value on that to advance, but uh, I, I, I'm completely staying away. There's a few other things I like. I don't like anything in that um, on the prices or I just don't want to bet Sevilla, but I'm, I'm, I agree with Tom. I'm off of Dortmund for sure. What about, so the next one, obviously that's close to closer to pick them. Cause I mean, talking about the big favorites, it's kind of a waste of time with these matchups. So the other one would be PSG Barca um, is a fascinating matchup. Um, it, you know, and again, Pochettino, he's still relatively new. So I don't really think we know what they're going to look like completely, but I mean, minus 134 at DraftKings. I mean, that's a bet for me. Ultimately, I'm a huge poach guy. I, I think poach, I don't know if he'll figure it out quick enough. And keep in mind, like I, I bet he has a, a crazy PSG goals play over the weekend and they lost to Lorient outright, which was just one of the, the funniest losses I've ever had in soccer betting. Um, so that was terrible. I do think though that, you know, the experience of going on that deep run last year, I, by the way, I have a preseason uh, futures ticket on PSG as well that I'm just continuing to ride because of that point. I'm thinking about maybe a slight kind of Barca hedge somewhere just in this matchup, maybe a Barca first leg win uh, at plus 130, something like that. That's mostly just kind of a personal problem where it's like, I, I want some protection against PSG winning at all. Um, so that's kind of where I'm eyeing. But other than that, this is a hard one to predict. I mean, I, I'm i personally going the way of PSG. I still think that they're the better team than this Barcelona team that are notorious chokers. And it's not like Barca has figured anything out. They've still got Coleman as their manager, and they have been not great in the in, in La Liga. This team hasn't given me, given me any confidence or any reason to believe in them over – over the course of the last month and a half that would make me change my mind about this. And Ansu Fati is out, you know, young prodigy winger. He's not going to be ready. So that's obviously a ding against Barca and defense. I mean, they haven't brought in any defenders, you know. They haven't brought in anybody. That's so, that's my big problem here with this team. They, they haven't done anything to change all of the problems. There's still a heap of dysfunction I especially like PSG to advance here. Yeah, I think I would agree. I I think, you know, if I'm being honest, these are probably the bets I'm going to make. I'm going to make Chelsea minus 118. I'm going to make Sevilla plus 116, PSG minus 134. And then the dog I'm going to make, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you're gonna, you'll know what I'm going. I'm, I'm taking Atalanta plus two thirty five. Hey. You know, it's gonna lose, but it's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna have a great time. So, and Real Madrid, it's Real Madrid, but you know, again, they're not playing that well. I, I, I you know, if you're gonna give me plus two thirty five, Atalanta's started to figure some things out. I wish they were more consistent, but when they're on, they're on. So, I'm probably I- gonna have a bet there. So I'm against you on the I'm against you on the Chelsea play. I think Atletico Madrid is the worst possible matchup for Chelsea in this situation, and I think that they're gonna advance. Yeah. They're a bad match for a lot of teams. I, I still I, we've seen two games from Tuchel. I didn't like the lineup he played in either of them, especially the first one. 
I we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a chance to see a little bit more, and it, there's a possibility. I mean, look, part of the whole Chelsea argument, not that this is relevant really in any kind of logical sense, but there's a kind of cosmic thing that happens here, where time, the only time that Chelsea went, Villarreal, Di Matteo finished sixth in the Prem, went on a deep run in Europe. Now this is a worse Chelsea team than that team was, but. It's worth knowing Chelsea's had these years before where they go off in the Champions League and not domestically. Um, I'd like to see more from Tuchel there. One play, though, I'm really eyeing, and again, we're, we're a few weeks out here, so I haven't necessarily locked in any of these kind of first leg plays or anything like that. I'm, I'm more kind of wanting to talk this out with you, Dylan, but Leipzig-Liverpool, I mean, again, we go back to defense. Leipzig defensively, a rare German team that's been awesome defensively. Liverpool, of course, we've seen this recent form kind of pop back in. Leipzig held on to Upa Meccano, who's one of my favorites in the world. Plus 225 first leg or maybe a two advanced play. I'm kind of leaning something with Leipzig here. Where, 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 what's your head at? Yeah, you know, it's super interesting because Leipzig – it's just a totally different team than it was in, in, you know, previous, you know, especially last year. I mean, like you said, they play really good, really good defense. They play kind of a controlled game in the midfield. They don't have Timo Werner, obviously. So there's less firepower, but I do think they're really solid. So I don't know if I can do them to advance. And if I'll just remind you guys, I have a future on them. So I probably don't need to play the two advance. I'll probably just ride that. As far as the first, you know, I'm kind of with you, but you know, the market Champions League is tough. The market, I mean, I would have said under, under three, but it's minus 125. So, you know, I would lean under, um, you know, because Liverpool, they're, you know, they're on the road. So, I mean, really all they need is, is a point to kind of get set them up to kind of advance at Anfield. Leipzig are solid defensively. They sometimes have issues offensively, especially in marquee matchups against big Bundesliga side. So I, I would go under in the first leg and plus a quarter minus one Oh seven. I, I like that. I'm a I'm 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 a bigger spread better than you guys are. Um, I know that. So I I do like the money line plus two twenty. I think that's great. I would probably just take the plus quarter and the under for those two. Now let's shift over to the futures market, and we mentioned that it is pretty abysmal. There's not a ton of value here. Is there anything at all that you're liking PSG at 11 to one is almost like, it feels like of the second tier teams in the futures market, they're the ones that maybe have the best chance to win it. I don't like Liverpool at seven to one. And my biggest problem right now, and we talked about this before the show is Manchester city is not a team that should have been one of the top two betting favorites for most of this season so far. And yet they've been at plus 350 almost the entire time. And now here we are heading into the knockout stage and they finally look like the best team in the world, but all of the value never even existed in the first place. There was no good time to jump in on this city team. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I, I mean, I think they're, I think they're a juggernaut right now. 
in, I mean, in the Prem, I know Champions League is different and they've had issues, but the reason they've had issues is they've been leaky at the back and they're not. Exactly. This defense has just completely changed up. I think they've given up 13 goals all season in 21 games. I mean, it's like pretty crazy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think they're a deserved favorite, but like, I'm not going to bet them at plus 350. Do I think they could be lower? Like, yeah, like I think they should probably be a favorite over Bayern if you're asking me that question, but that doesn't mean I'm going to bet it. Um, exactly. It's just what, what frustrates me is that they shouldn't have been this low before and that would have created some value, but right. now just no value. The books were smart to keep them where they were because people kept betting them when there was no value. No, that's a great point. I mean, as far as the futures go, PSG 11 to 1. I'm not as high on Atleti as you guys are, but if you are and you think they're going to beat Chelsea, 15 to 1 is not bad. Um, I'm not a buyer personally, but not, neither am I. At this point, I'm looking at teams that actually have a chance to win it. And I think Atletico wins this matchup. I don't think that they have a chance to win the whole thing. PSG is the only team really there that I'm seeing in the double digits that I could actually envision winning this it's not like they weren't on the doorstep last year the argument for the atletico chelsea side i mean i want to clarify i'm kind of leaning i mean i am a chelsea fan but i am kind of leaning chelsea to advance there but i'd like to see more the argument there is who the winner of that matchup knocks off another contender and therefore you know if another upset happens or one of these kind of lame duck big boys like a like a real madrid or someone gets into the quarterfinals that team could then play that team in the quarters and have a decent route to the semis at that point. So that's the argument for taking either Atletico or Chelsea, the winner of that matchup. Um, And obviously the value is there. If you're trying to find someone in kind of that mid range value, I think it has to be the winner of that matchup, but I'm not sure that, you know, that mid range value is where it is for a reason. So uh, there's too many question marks with Chelsea and Atletico there's a little bit more firepower maybe than some of those deep Atletico run teams. Defense is maybe a, a little bit worse than it's been, but it's still Diego Simeone ball. Um, we kind of know what to expect there. You know, having them to win it all. I, I like them more as like a last four team possibly. Yeah. For everything that I just talked about, but maybe not winning at all. The reason I'm not big on Atleti is because La Liga is brutal this year. They're in first. Great. But Barca... Real Madrid. I mean, like, what's There's no comp- good team? What's yeah. the competition? I mean, they're not like literally. Both of them are much, much, much lower than what they usually are. So, like, people are like, "Oh, they're in first by ten points." It's like big whoop. What they, would they beat? Alaves and Real Batiste. Like, why do I care? I, I mean, the the other big thing there is that they are in first in a league that they never win. They're they're going to pour a lot of resources into making sure that they hold on to that ten point lead. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough matchup to call. That's why it's a pick 'em. I mean, most of these, you know, matchups, if if there's a favorite, it's juiced for a reason. And it's because books don't like you to bet them. They like you to bet two legs because it's hard to evaluate and handicap leg one and leg two versus just two advance is much more of a simple handicap. So if it's close to a pick 'em, it means it's a hard pick. I mean, you know, if there's a favorite, there's a favorite for a reason. So. I agree. It's, it's tough. The only other future play that, you know, I know I brought up last time and I do hold it. The reason I'm bringing it up is just a math thing. So Juventus are 11 to one 
and they play, I mean, they're like minus 600 favorites to advance. So, you know, if we're talking PSG, Atleti, Chelsea, they're all in that mid range in pick them matchups. Well, Juve is in the mid range and I mean, they're minus 600 favorites. So I do think there's some embedded value there. I mean, I'm not sure why they're not a shorter price, you know, because them to advance is basically a foregone conclusion. So, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a team that has some value that has an easy matchup that you can kind of at least get to the next round and, and go from there. I mean, I think Juve got a, got a really nice draw. That's for sure. And they're playing, they're playing really well. As long as everybody stays healthy. I mean, Weston McKinney, has been just sensational, frankly. I mean, he's like their best player. We love to see it. I mean, outside of Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously, but without penalties, is he really that good? I'm not sure. But Weston McKinney has been. You heard it here first, like, folks. You heard it here first. He's. I mean, I'll, I'll I agree with that take. Here, so I, I'm just saying, I, I I agree with you. Weston McKinney is a better player than Cristiano Ronaldo for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying McKinney controls the midfield. He, he He's really good on tackling. He charges up the field. He's good on set pieces. He said, he said goals. I mean, he's just like, he's having a great year. So, I mean, if him, Chiesa, Alvin Morata, Ronaldo, Dybala, I mean, their defenders are kind of, you know, they've had some COVID issues. Once they get that figured out, I, I mean, I think, I think they're legit. I don't, they probably aren't going to win, but like, I do, I do think they could make it to the semis quarters for sure. So, so that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at this futures market is who do we think matches up best with Bayern Munich? Cause I think ultimately that has to be a part of this conversation as well. Obviously Bayern's still the overall favorite. I'm here trying to find just like some Bayern play for the first round. I might even take Byron minus a goal and a half in, in that first leg against Lazio at plus 160 something just to see what happens. Um, but even that, I mean, it's not a great bet. I just, there's no Byron value to be found anywhere. This team is absolutely insane. You know, they haven't I mean, they got been... like Thomas Muller at the end. But here's the thing. They, they had a slight, they had a slight fall off. They're back to just banging goals again. Yeah. Like, the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I think... I still think they're a tier above. I would have, I wish we had this conversation like three weeks ago when they kind of, you know, they lost to Gladbach and they were kind of falling off a little bit. And maybe we could have made some arguments of like, oh, like yeah, Byron, Byron time is over. Let's find a new guy, some new guys. But I don't know. So again, I kind of liked some of the things that PSG did against Byron in that final for what it's worth. And I still think, you know, having that game under their belt with Pochettino now maybe that's the matchup I like most, but obviously it has to happen for that to matter. But I do think that has to be part of the conversation where it's like who matches up with Bayern, who's the best team left. I have to agree with you there. Dylan, any final thoughts on the UCL before we send you out here? Yeah, I was, I was just going to just run through a few of just like the quick kind of first leg bets that I, you know, that I haven't made yet, but when I was looking at the board, I was like, yeah, that's probably, That'll probably be a bet for me. Um, I already said two of them. Um, Leipzig plus a quarter, under three. I'm hoping the odds come down on that a little bit, but that's that. That would be that would be one. Um, you know, 
PSG as a dog price at the Camp Nou. I don't, I don't hate that either. Um, Juve at Porto plus 100. I'll probably bet that. That, that that seems like really good value. I know it's away. It's tough on the first leg, but I, yeah, that's probably a bet for me. Um, and yeah, then, I like that even money on Porto. Yeah, even money nice. on Juve versus Porto. Bayern Lazio over three and a half plus. I don't know what it is. Plus one twenty, probably something like that. Um, you know, Lazio have started to, you know, look much better offensively. And I do think they can get one or two against Bayern. Um, so I, I, I kind of like, kind of like that at, at plus money um, as well. And then, like I said, some of those kind of head to head matchups, um, Atalanta plus 183. It's tempting. Just fun. That's just so fun. Because I'm, I believe they're at home. I believe that's, I believe that's in Bergamo. So, and then, um, Munching Gladbach, Man City. The total's three. By the way, yes, I'd love. I'm gonna bet the over on that one for sure. So, all right, Dylan. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, just Dylan Esma on Twitter. Um. Yeah, Dylan Dylan E, I think, is the ticker, but I'll pop up if you just type in the full name. Uh, and, yeah, just tweeting out thoughts there um, and kind of just tracking picks. I'm doing – I'm having a great year soccer-wise. Uh, literally, you know, the only league I'm down on is La Liga. So just take, take my betting card away in Spain. But other <laughs> than that, I'm having a great year. So trying to keep it up. Better than us the previous week or so. Hopefully it can continue for uh, for you, and we will absolutely be having you on again real soon to talk not just more Champions League, but also really the rest of the world and all of these awesome leagues that we've been able to talk about. You bring in some great uh, Serie A coverage, great Bundesliga picks, as well, of course, as EPL and all of the normal things that we uh th- that we in the soccer universe like to talk about dylan thank you so much as always for joining us thanks guys appreciate it have a good one See you, you as well ladies and gentlemen once again dylan esma thank you so much as always for joining us and giving us some of your great nuggets and thoughts he he really is such a great better and i i love that he brings on a different perspective than what we normally bring but right now taylor Let's see if we can't rebound and shift to some best bets before we close this out on a combined 0-6 last week. Let's see <laughs> if we can't improve upon that abysmal record. Um, I think last week I went first, so I'm going to give you the floor. Let's change it up. I love it. I love it. Switching heads for tails. Well, I'm going to start. This was not a game I wanted to put in best bets only because of the timing of when we're recording. Hopefully folks will have at least a few hours before Chelsea Spurs when this goes out and they can make this play. Thinking about it more and more, I think I have to put under two and a half goals at minus 124 in Spurs Chelsea as my first best bet. This is how Chelsea has played in all these big games this year. This is how Spurs has played in most of their big games this year. This has been kind of the MO of big six matchups in the English Premier League this season. I have to go under two and a half goals, minus 124, first best bet. I will definitely be tailing you on that play. It's just about the only thing from this midweek slate that I actually feel somewhat decent about. But my first bit, best bet is going to be coming. Last week, I had Fulham in my best bets. They did not pull through for us. But this week, 
I, well, I also had West Ham in my best bets. That didn't work out either, but West Ham, I definitely don't knock them for losing to Liverpool. That was more of a, that was, that was more of a play that I could see happening and like the value, but here West Ham at plus 114 versus Fulham, I'm taking that as my first best bet. They're still a much better team than this Fulham side. All right. I'm also on that bet, but not as one of my best. My second best bet, under two and a quarter in Burnley, Brighton. This is another under where you're laying some juice at minus 134. But hey, if I'm putting him in best bets, it's got to be the more confident plays, baby. So here we go. Under two and a quarter, minus 134. These are two of the more defensive teams in the league. These are two of the teams that score some of the least amounts of goals in the league. Give me the under. My second best bet, I am going Wolves versus Leicester. Leicester at plus 123. I think you're still getting – I love that Leicester plus money like we've talked about, and so I'm going to take them as my best bet. They didn't play off well last week, but I think that they bounce back here versus a very bad Wolves team. We've talked increasingly about Man City running away with the title. I'm doing a Man City play as my third best bet. I have another play in this game that's probably going to be under something. Haven't decided the number. I think you're definitely doing an under in this game. But I'm going to put City straight up money line plus 128 as my third best bet. A little risky because we know how these games go. A draw is always possible. But at this point, I think Manchester City is that much better than anyone else in the league. You're getting a really good price for them in this. Give me City plus 128 final best bet. Okay, I want to clarify here that that was also my third best bet. So I am fully with you on that play. I'm going to go under two and a half goals at plus 125 in the same game, though, just so that we have something a little bit different there. But I will certainly be following that and might even parlay these two together to see if I can't get a little bit of an extra, extra bit of value out of it. Just in a simple two-leg same game parlay, we will see there. But those are going to be our best bets of the week. To recap for me, West Ham plus 114 versus Fulham. Leicester plus 123 versus Wolves. And City, Liverpool under two and a half goals. Taylor, one more time. Chelsea Spurs under two and a half goals. Burnley Brighton under two and a quarter goals. Man City straight up money line plus 128 against Liverpool. Guys, let's make it a much better betting weekend this weekend than we had last weekend. So hopefully you don't have to fade us. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know any of your picks for the week. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Hit us up on the Twitter. I'm at TV at work. He's ATLT Will with one L at the end. Two L's obviously in the entire thing. Uh, You can also follow us on the Book It Sports app, which we highly encourage you to go out and download today. They are on Twitter at BookItHQ. Give them a follow as well and follow us on the app. I am TV at work there as well. Taylor, you are just T. Will with one L on that one. Guys, it has been a pleasure. Best of luck betting this week, and we hope to make you some money. Bye.